Holy Spirit, one God, amen. This is the third Sunday of Tude, and today's reading is about Zacchaeus and the sycamore tree. It's a very beautiful story, and um, we say it on this uh, third Sunday of Tude. Zacchaeus was, as we know, a tax collector, and we've spoken many times about what a tax collector is. He's, they're not somebody who's very popular in the society because they're collecting taxes, first of all. But on top of that, they're collecting taxes for the Romans. And on top of that, they usually skim a little off the top and they keep some for themselves. So they're usually dishonest people who are very greedy and uh, they, they kind of get rich on the, um, on, on the dishonesty and the burden of other people. <clears throat> and as the story goes, um, the, uh, as it was in the case of St. Matthew, many Pharisees couldn't bear the fact that Christ uh, was eating and drinking with the uh, people such as this, right? But as the story goes, uh, you know, Zacchaeus was small and he wanted to see Christ. He wanted to have an encountering relationship with him because he heard a lot about him. So he went and to a place where Christ was going to be walking and he couldn't because of his small stature, he was short, uh, he couldn't get to the front of where uh, the procession was, where Christ was. And uh, the people wouldn't let him by, and um, you know they probably disdained him in the first place. And so he took it upon himself to climb up a tree. And it was a sycamore tree. And, it, and as he climbed up, Christ saw him in the tree and said, Come down, and today I will eat dinner at your house. And the people, of course, were not happy about this. Even when Christ was causing that deep, deep repentance in those people, they struggled with God saving sinners. I mean, these are the people that came to him, and, and Christ's purpose was to save us, right? To have salvation. They, uh, they had trouble with that. They had trouble with the concept. They murmured and blamed Christ's generosity and gentleness, even when it yielded an amazing repentance, as in the case of Zacchaeus. They were jealous of the attention they were receiving, uh, the sinners, that is. Instead, they should be in line with all the saints and angels who rejoice in the salvation of others, who rejoice in the will of God being executed, which is, of course, uh, our salvation and redemption. We should be rejoicing in that. Uh, they did not. Because Zacchaeus was one of those whose heart was ready for repentance. God was likely working with him way before this encounter and preparing him to receive the mercy of God uh, before this incident. So let's look closer at the story at which uh, he was converted because our Lord is always knocking on the door of repentance for each one of us, for everyone who is far from him and wants to give light to those who are stuck in, in darkness as Zacchaeus was. The story starts with a description of Zacchaeus, of course, being this short man, right? And that was, and uh, it must have been a very disabilitating uh, quality that he had. He was not asked if he wanted to be short. He was born like that. This is the way he was. And he wanted to have an encounter with Jesus. And so uh, he climbed up the tree, as we, uh, as we just said. Our Lord saw him and encouraged him to come down immediately. So he saw him in the tree, saw him struggling. Probably it's hard for an adult to climb a tree. <clears throat> and he told him to come down as soon as he went up. Touched by this, Zacchaeus said, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Our Lord then announced that today salvation has come to his house, because he is also the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And this beautiful story is full of very applicable and beneficial aspects to us who wish to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ in a deep and very real way. So let's touch on a few of those. First, when we try to approach God, 
we will find obstacles, right? And those who, like, for example, try to uh, improve and care about their spirituality or try to maybe serve in the church or try to reach out to somebody who's needy or, you know, those who try to come close to God, they will always find resistance. And they will find resistance from three sources. Resistance from an evil world that exists. Every time you step, you know, towards God in public, you will find resistance. And this is nothing new in today's society. People say, oh, today's society is so unique and it has its own evils. Of course, it has its own unique evils as every generation does. But this has been the case for Christians since the very beginning. Every time we approach God, there will be resistance from an evil society. In fact, the church never existed in a society that was friendly to her. If you study church history, you'll find even when there was a so-called Christian empire, even then, the church struggled, right? The church struggled under St. Athanasius and under his successors and so on, right? And that it was caused for a lot of challenges. The second challenge that or obstacle they'll get is from themselves, right? Because we are our own worst enemy. The deep-rooted sins that we have that are habitual, that are part of personality, they will resist us. Our laziness, our sluggishness when we want to come to church early, right? Those will always stand up against us. And of course, our enemy is the third uh, challenge that we'll face, right? He, there is a very real uh, spiritual warfare that is happening for the Christian. Uh, and some recognize it and some don't. Those who recognize it can take steps to defend themselves and, and fight back. Those who do not recognize it, as most of the world today, they deny that there is a spiritual warfare happening. And so they will easily succumb to those spiritual battles that happen. And so the devil is out there and he's working and he's working diligently, in fact. In the case of Zacchaeus, you know, he had a lot of those challenges and then he also had his, his short stature. And this must have been an obstacle in his whole life, you know, throughout his life. Um, only probably he can understand or maybe others uh, who have a short stature as well. Uh, the social challenges he must have faced, the challenges in his career how this could have been uh, threatening his self-esteem, uh, logistical challenges, reaching things on the shelf, you know, maybe, or in this case, uh, the logistical challenge of just seeing Christ. Um, you know, all of those challenges probably uh, in, that he had all of his life. But despite all of this, he was a tax collector, which says a lot in and of itself, though it's not a popular uh, profession. And of course, there was a lot of dishonesty in it. But um, it would require some uh, refined skills, such as being good with math, organization, boldness with others as he's collecting. All of these things were probably uh, good qualities that he had. I mean, one would need courage, um, you know, to be a tax collector for the Romans in the first century Israel. You, you kind of need a, a level of courage there. He likely had a rugged personality and not a timid one. And maybe that was shaped by the fact that he was a short person all of his life dealing with challenges. And it shows in today's story that he climbed up a tree to see Jesus. The crowds got in the way of Zacchaeus. Who were in this crowd? Who were this crowd? This is the crowd that wanted to encounter Christ. They were people of God, supposedly, who wanted to seek God. Yet they themselves became the obstacle to Zacchaeus. No one offered to move Zacchaeus forward or maybe to carry him or, or something like that just so they could, that he could see a glimpse of Jesus. Oftentimes the greatest obstacle, especially for beginners of faith, 
because those who are more mature in faith, this doesn't really, it's not really an issue. But those who are beginners of faith, or maybe those who are on the outside, the offense that Christians themselves give can be an obstacle for those trying to get closer to God, because those Christians are not living up to their calling. <clears throat> Whether they live up to their calling or not, these Christians, um, in name only, it doesn't change the truths or the facts about Christianity but it may hinder that message of Christianity to those who are on the outside again and to those who are beginners in the faith. Society can put obstacles from encountering God as well. Society likes to make distinctions based on things that are beyond our control, like race or wealth or nationality or culture and things like that. And in churches sometimes you'll see partiality or favoritism towards a certain culture. I know that's not a popular thing to say, but it's true. That, you know, some churches will give partiality to Arabic uh, speakers or to English speakers or to whatever, right? And that partiality should not exist in the church. In the church, these distinctions should not be there because the universal message of our Lord Jesus Christ is for everyone who chooses to accept it. So God forbid that such partiality are in the church. The church dis does make distinctions based on good actions by sins or, you know, the church defines one from the other by faithfulness or faithlessness, by lack of love or great love, or by those with humility or those with pride. But even in those distinctions, all are welcome in the church. Romans chapter 2 says, Glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So it doesn't matter the things that we can't control, but the things that we can't control are free will to do what is good, that is what the distinction uh, is made. That's where the distinction is made. And uh, Romans goes on to say, for there is no partiality with God. Another obstacle is the sinful life that can appear insurmountable sometimes. And it's and it isn't so much that the sin itself has you know, great power over us. Um, it doesn't have any power that cannot be overcome by God, of course. It's our love for the sin, our great love for the sin, and our affections that are so deeply attached to these sins, and it hinders us to get, come closer to God. In the case of the tax collectors, it was greed, it was desire for wealth that were grossly enslaving them, and it was very difficult for them to come closer to God. Zacchaeus was a, Jew, was a Jewish person, so for sure the guilt of transgression, transgressing the Jewish law and morality and the feeling of betrayal to the rest of his countrymen must have weighed down on his heart. This must have been something uh, that probably um, caused him a lot of guilty feelings. Just going to see Jesus where he was must have been very challenging him for him just to make that decision. They hate me. They uh, don't like me because I'm a tax collector. I'm short. I've been, you know, pushed aside all my life. Um, and my sins on top of that, all those things that I've taken from people unjustly, you know, it must have been this internal battle that he went through, but he overcame those just to come and see Jesus. Not just because he, he'd have to meet people face to face, but also because of that guilt that he had. These are the challenges um, that he was facing. And, but there's also other challenges too, things that we're born with, either biological things that we're born with, or things that we were raised with as children and that become entrenched in our personality because that's the way we were raised, either by our parents, our culture, and so on, that can sometimes be a hindrance for us. Some of the most important things in our life are those we didn't choose, things we didn't choose. 
our gender, our family, how we're raised, the color of our eyes or hair, uh, our original language or culture, disabilities, things like that we didn't choose. And the excuses come when we hold on to such things and say, I didn't ask for these things, so therefore I'm not accountable for my actions because of these things. What such people are saying is that unless they can control all aspects of their lives and shape and dominate their environment completely, that they are not accountable for their actions. And then there's an excuse for why I did this or that. Because it's not my fault that I was born short. This is what Zacchaeus was facing, all of these challenges. He was born small. He was in the depths of his sins. He was The so-called people of God were not helping him, but they actually disdained him and they pushed him aside. But what are we all to do with these challenges? So let's be like Zacchaeus, because he overcame these things. Firstly, we shouldn't complain about the things that are in our lives. Zacchaeus could have been very, very negative and could have complained about many things, about his smallness that he was born with, how many struggles that he must have had growing up. He endured them all, and the struggles actually probably shaped his rugged personality. He could have complained about the crowds. He could have said, these are the people of God. They don't want to help at all. I'm leaving. You know, have you ever heard that from somebody? Are these the so-called people of God? They do this or that. I'm, I'm not going to come. And so God forbid we're one of those. But they could have missed it. They're missing out, even though, you know, they're not looking past the people. They, they should look past the people to see Christ, like Zacchaeus did. He could have despaired about his sinful conduct and how he used so many people to get rich and how he stole from so many people. How many lives and how many families did he make uh, that, that were difficult? Maybe they, they, didn't, they couldn't put food on the table because he robbed them and took a little bit from them. <clears throat> that probably was weighing down on him. And he could have despaired about all of this. He could have come up with all sorts of excuses to turn and go home and all would have been justified to him. But then he would not have seen Christ. He would not have encountered him. In this instance, what does he do? He dodges the crowds. He climbs up a sycamore tree, rises above his pride, rises above his greed and others, and rises above his short stature. And he climbs a tree, uh, which is a very difficult thing. How many of you professional men uh, would go outside right now and climb a tree in front of everybody? So it's not something that, you know, most most would not. Some would, you know, the humble wouldn't. Uh, but most would say, you know, I'm probably, you know, I probably wouldn't do that, right? This is something children would do. Children would go climb trees. But as an adult, professional, you know, I'm a college graduate or whatever, I'm not going to go climb a tree. You know, this was something that he put aside. He humbled himself. It's through this humble act that he becomes taller than those born tall and taller than those who thought they were more righteous as well. Let's see how humility actually gives us greatness because God raises us up. We too are called to climb higher than the obstacles that hinder us from encountering and seeing Christ. So what sycamore trees can we use to be like Zacchaeus? What are some of the trees that we can take advantage of? The main one, of course, is the church. The church is a mighty tree, a big tree, uh, with firm roots. And we can act um, like Zacchaeus climbing the church, as it were, to see Christ and to encounter him. It's a haven that allows many to rise above the crowds, above the sinful ways of society, above the challenges that we're born with, and above all the excuses that we may have in our life as well. 
And having risen above by the grace of God, we see and we encounter God in a very real and tangible way. And not only encounter him, but that he could reside in our house, and not only in our house, but even inside of us. You see the intimacy that resulted in Christ going to the house of Zacchaeus. We have a greater intimacy than that when we partake of the Eucharist and we come to church. And then when we have him inside of us, we know that he is the only true source of goodness, happiness, and a truly blessed life. Another powerful sycamore tree that we can climb in our lives are those people that God put in our lives to help us rise above the challenges and to see Christ. So which one are you? You can ask yourself. Are you a sycamore tree that people can climb up and see Christ and encounter him, helping those around you to rise above the challenges that they have in their life to see a glimpse of Christ? Or are you like the many in the crowd that hindered Zacchaeus and that caused obstacles? Which one are you? Because you can only be one or the other. Either you help people see Christ or you hinder people seeing Christ. Surround yourself with people that look like trees, okay, if possible, and be yourself like a tree to those around you. Another tree we can climb to see Christ is repentance. Do you want to encounter Christ? Climb the tree of repentance, even if it's temporary. Even if it's temporary. Zacchaeus didn't fully repent of all of his sins before he climbed the tree. He set it aside. He tabled it for a little bit. He set aside his habitual sins, the rise above other sins. You know, he rised above the other sins to just temporarily see the Lord. You know, to climb the tree, he probably didn't have his money bags of gold that he took from people, right? He left those aside. He left his money. He left his pride. He probably took off some of his fancy clothes so he can climb up the tree easier. Um, you know, just today I was walking and my... my, uh, my like my Tonya got caught on the chair, right? If you're going to climb a tree, you're going to be kind of light, right? So he probably took off some of his fancy clothes and was able to climb up the tree. So he really humbled himself, but he put aside his sins temporarily. When we do that, we, we get a glimpse of God and he will make that putting aside of sins temporarily more permanent in our life. Zacchaeus was suffering from the greed and pride. He didn't quit his job and then see Christ. He was still in his job. But while still working in his job, he was, he was, you know, he put his sins aside temporarily and humbly climbed that tree. Christianity requires effort and hard work. Um, climbing a tree is not easy. I know most of us adults can't remember climbing trees, uh, but it takes a lot of effort. It employs all of your muscles to climb trees. And this was probably a very difficult thing for him. And this is what Christianity is. Sometimes we have to put in effort in our spiritual life and in our service to God. Those who would tell you otherwise that Christianity is easy, that Christianity is a cakewalk, uh, they really haven't read scriptures or even began to experience the spiritual life. And because scriptures are very clear about this. Um, no sooner that we begin to walk and to struggle that we see him, though, because he doesn't want us to continue in that. But he often makes himself known very quickly in our struggle. In fact, we can say that our Lord was already working with Zacchaeus. He saw him coming, dealing with all those internal conflicts that he was dealing with. He saw him being stopped by the crowd. He saw him probably take off some of his clothes and leave his money at home. He saw him begin to climb the tree. He didn't just see him in the tree. He saw every step that he took to get to that point. 
And th this all took a lot of effort and a lot of struggle. And God honored that very quickly. Zacchaeus was hanging there in the tree, but not for long. Christ saw him and didn't pass by without acknowledging him, even telling him that he that he should come down from the tree and that he was going to um, you know, have dinner with him, have supper with him. And Zacchaeus received Christ in his house. More importantly, he received him in his heart, of course. So we need to be like Zacchaeus and climb above the things that hinder us from seeing Christ and take some active and proactive steps, uh, very practical steps, even small ones that we can do in our life. For, we, for example, we can cut off the sources which hinder us from seeing God, whether it's friends or technology or jobs or whatever it is that hinder us from seeing God, let's put them aside. We should not set our mind on high things, on prideful things, but associate with the humble, as Romans chapter 12 says, do not be wise in your own opinion. Friends are, of course, one of the biggest obstacles or benefits to the spiritual life. So we want to surround us with people that are going to carry us and bring us higher, not people who will hinder us. We should fill our time with positive activities and help us to climb above the things that block our view of God. Reading is an excellent quality. Um, reading allows us to change for the better, to gain understanding, to allow us to be to, to like filter through the nonsense and the false teachings that exist in the world. Um, when we read, we've, we're on firm ground. It gives us perspective and a clear direction in life. Uh, it, uh, it also um, allows us to, especially in Southern California, where there's every wind of doctrine, be able to discern the, the good from the bad. We should also forgive others. If Zacchaeus was bitter about the crowds that hindered him, he likely wouldn't have come up with a solution that helped him see Christ. He could have been very bitter about all the world, right, who probably treated him unfairly throughout his whole life, and now in this case, the crowds as well. We must remember that we are all sinners, and that we sin against the living God, and on top of that, many times per day, right? Um, we sin against the creator of the universe, and many times a day, and yet he forgives us many times in the day. Who are we that some someone can sin against us, and we hold on to it, like, sins against us once, maybe once in our whole lifetime, and we hold on to it grudgingly, um, as if it's some great thing that they sinned against us, sometimes even for years. This is pride, right? This is pride. The writings of the church fathers also act like a sycamore tree. In today's story, we read their writings, um, and we see Christ our Lord. When we see, when we read the writings of St. Basil, St. Gregory, St. Athanasius, St. John Chrysostom, St. Cyril of Alexandria, all those wonderful saints, we see Christ. And so it's as if we're, we're, we're like climbing on their shoulders to see Christ. The saints who have gone before us have left, uh, left us with, with the story of their lives or their writings, um, and they offer us a huge uh, benefit. They're like huge trees that we can climb up. So let's climb up on their shoulders so that we can see a very clear view of our Lord Jesus Christ. So may our prayer always be that we enter into every aspect of our lives and take charge and ask God to take charge of every aspect of our life to help us to overcome every obstacle that hinder us from seeing him and encountering him um, and that we can have a relationship with him and have him come to our home and even dwell inside of us in an active way to whom be glory forever. Amen.